Good morning. Good morning. Buenos dias. Who am I? No sabemos. We don't know. And that's okay. Today we're going to turn the world, the church, upside down. We're bringing you a little joy amidst so many tragedies in the world. We need joy. We need music. And we have a wonderful, wonderful band for you this morning. Welcome, everyone. My name is Reverend Maria Cristina. And it is always a blessing, an honor, and a pleasure for me to be among you, for me to know that you have chosen to spend the next hour or so. It may run long with so much singing and eating and dancing that will be going on. It's always a blessing to come together, to hold everything that we carry in our hearts, to acknowledge that in the same breath, we may be rejoicing and grieving. And that's why community is so important, because we can bring our whole selves and be held in love. Turning the world upside down, whether it's Carnival, Mardi Gras, Bacchanalia, Saturnalia, or Purim, these celebrations are about a new world order, a rebellion against the status quo, a great reversal, especially when times are hard. In times of great sorrow, in times of oppression, when the people have had enough, when despair and injustice drown any semblance of joy, we turn to community, we turn to music, we turn to dance even. This is the beginning of the Book of Esther, also known as the Megillah or Scroll, which is read every year in synagogues around the world to commemorate the festival of Purim. And I quote, And so these days are celebrated as a memorial and observed in each and every generation, each and every family, each and every province, and each and every city. And these days of Purim shall not pass away from the Jews, nor their remembrance disappear from their descendants. End quote. Purim originates from the word poor, which means the lot. It was during the reign of King Xerxes that the fate or lot of the Jewish people turned about in a fortunate reversal of events which spared them from annihilation at the hands of the monarchy. This reversal of fortune is attributed to the brave intervention of Esther, an orphan refugee who became queen of the Persian Empire and risked her life to save her people. In Hebrew, Esther means to hide or conceal and is a direct reference to Esther's hidden Jewish identity. Her original name was Hadassah, which means compassion and righteousness. The book of Esther is important for illustrating the Jewish diaspora, living in exile in a foreign land, being forced to hide one's Jewish identity when revealing it might cost you your life, and not forgetting about the safety and well-being of the community in the face of danger. Purim is a story of reversals where the underdogs win, Esther, the Jewish orphan teenager who becomes queen, 
In the beginning, she wears a mask, hiding her Jewish identity. But when she learns of a plot to kill the entire Jewish population, she reveals her true self, her Jewish identity, risking everything by revealing who she truly was. A mighty girl who became a symbol of resistance and of courage, she turned the world upside down and saved her people in the nick of time. Esther dared to disobey the rule prohibiting anyone from approaching the king uninvited, knowing that the punishment was the death penalty. And she said, if I perish, I perish. She declared this as she entered the king's rooms to beg for mercy and plead on behalf of her people. The king receives Esther and the prayers of God's people are answered. Esther lives, the evil plot is overthrown, Mordecai is honored, Haman hangs on the gallows, the Jewish people are saved, and the Jews establish the Feast of Purim to commemorate God's great deliverance forever. Purim is celebrated by reading the book of Esther. During the reading, the people cheer whenever Esther's name is mentioned. Esther, yay! And they boo and use noisemakers when the evil Haman's name is mentioned. Haman, boo. It's a carnival-like celebration in the synagogue, and it's especially enjoyed by the children. In 2005, I learned about Mardi Gras while in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. I was a youth minister at First Parish in Needham, Massachusetts. There was a time of great sorrow, so many lives lost, so many homes lost, so many families separated. We came to New Orleans to help, to be of service, and to bear witness. The houses were spray-painted with numbers and symbols indicating how many people had been found dead. We saw the roofs where people had painted help in huge letters, hoping that the helicopters would rescue them. We could see the muddy water lines that sometimes was as high as the roof. In the Ninth Ward, we had an eerie feeling. The landscape looked like a science fiction movie set. We saw a car on top of a tree. We saw mud caked everywhere. Entire houses gone. The foundation or the front steps, the only thing left of that home. We spent our days working, helping people clean their homes where we could see furniture and plates and pictures encrusted in mud. It was something to have the youth witness that and handle those precious objects walk into the homes to retrieve them and come back out to hand them to the person waiting to see what treasures, what mementos, what family photo albums, what teacup could be saved. We wore our hazmat suits and went inside the homes to recover these treasures, and we learned the meaning of treasure. 
Now the streets of New Orleans were quiet and the air was thick with the smell of the muddy river and the mountains of furniture, refrigerators, tree limbs, and photographs soaked in mud now baking in the sun. Our youth quickly learned about communal grieving. And during our evening talks, they compared their privileged lives to the reality that they were facing. And they knew that they had been transformed forever. Like so many others, the UU Church in New Orleans had been flooded, and the newly installed minister and her wife had lost their home. They were devastated and traumatized like everyone else. We went to a Catholic church on Sunday. It had no roof. It was full of holes. The people wept as they came in, and they wept as they hugged each other. They hadn't seen each other for days or weeks. This was their thanksgiving. The people got together to find strength, to share strength, to rebuild, to hope, and to rejoice. That Easter Sunday in New Orleans, I was grateful to be among the people whose world had been turned upside down, who had every right to feel hopeless, to be angry at God, at nature, to give in to despair even. I was grateful to receive communion with them, to learn about the quilts that they had been able to save, to meet the mother of twins who would have to move to Texas until their home could be repaired. I was grateful for their voices, singing of love, singing of hope, singing of joy, singing amazing grace. And I was grateful to receive from them a beautiful Easter lily, a symbol of resurrection and new life. And everyone commented on how they couldn't wait until Mardi Gras. They said that is the first thing that brought the community together after the hurricane. They were waiting for the time when they would sing in the streets, oh, when the saints go marching in and dance, and dance to dispel fear, and dance to give their brokenhearted another chance, and dance to honor their loved ones. It was then that I really learned the meaning of Mardi Gras, the cathartic and healing effect that it could have on the people carrying so much grief. Mardi Gras was an antidote to despair. It was not only okay to celebrate, to laugh again, but absolutely necessary for the soul. To teach your children the second line and to eat king cake, reminding yourself that even in the most bitter circumstances, there is still sweetness in this life. I grew up in a small village where we had a carnival somewhat similar to Mardi Gras. Once a year, we were allowed to make fun of the local politicos and other authority figures, including the bishop and the high society ladies. 
wearing a mask or painting our faces, disguising ourselves, dancing and singing at the top of our lungs for a few hours. The fishermen, the public school students, the widows of the disappeared were free to mingle with and mock the rich, the powerful, the church, the police, the military. During a time when there was a state of siege, a curfew, anyone found on the streets after curfew could be jailed, disappeared, shot on the spot. We lived speaking in whispers, and our songs, our beloved songs, were banned. But under our masks, for a few hours, once a year, we let loose. We allowed ourselves to taste the sweetness of freedom, to turn all this horror and fear upside down, to rebel by singing and dancing and eating and drinking and laughing and living and breathing and loving. That was the biggest rebellion. Here's a song that we sang, and it illustrates the carnival a little bit. It's called La Fiesta by Jean Manuel Serrat. Gives you a little glimpse. Let me see if I can remember the tune. Gloria a Dios en las alturas recogieron las basuras de mi calle ayer oscuras y hoy sembrada de bombillas y colgaron de un cordel de esquina a esquina un cartel y banderas de papel. Verdes, rojas y amarillas. Glory to God in the highest. Late last night, they picked up the garbage from my street, where we had hung signs of green and red and yellow from every street corner. When the sun turns its back on us, the skirts begin to float in the air under a sky of neon lights so that heaven won't see how on this night, People of all kinds share bread and women dress in men's clothes. Y al darles el sol la espalda, revolotean las faldas bajo un manto de guirnaldas para que el cielo no vea cómo comparten su pan, su mujer y su gabán, gente de cien mil raleas. Hurry up. If you want to come, I will be waiting for you. Night is falling, and our miseries are going to be put to bed. Let's go up the hill, up there in my street. Everyone is dressed for a party. Today, the noble and the villain, the illustrious and the worm, dance and hold hands, not caring about their appearance. The morning sun finds them together under the shadow of a street lamp, soaked in alcohol, thinking lascivious thoughts. And with the heaviest of hangovers, the poor return to their poverty, the wealthy to their riches, and the priests to say mass. Evil and goodness have woken up, the poor fox to the manger, the rich fox to the rose garden, and the greedy to their prophets. Se acabó. El sol nos dice que llegó al final. Por una noche se olvidó que cada uno es cada cual. Vamos, bajando la cuesta, que arriba en mi calle se acabó la fiesta.
Now it's over. The sun is telling us that the end is here. For one night, we forgot who was who. We now go downhill. But up there, in my street, the party is over. Beloveds, who knows if we have been called to this community for a time such as this, to learn and to struggle together, to organize and denounce, to break the silence and be a voice for justice, to take off our masks and allow our true beautiful selves to be completely revealed, to be compassionate, to be on the side of love and righteousness, so that we may all be delivered, so that we may all flourish, so that we may all be free. May we let the good times roll, especially in the face of injustice or natural disasters. May we value joy as a blessing to be shared in community like a ministry. May we feed each other our sweetness, especially during the bitter times. And may we be reminded today that when our world is turned upside down by tragedy, there is always community to help us rebuild. There is always music, prayer, and the courage to face adversity together, to bear witness and to find the treasure in the mud, to taste the sweetness of life even as we grieve, to find hope again in the shape of a flower, and to find joy in singing and dancing to heal the soul. Amen. Amen. Let the good times roll.